are listening to Power Producers Shop Talk, where we are refining and redefining the sales game by equipping you with the tools you need to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Well, it's like when we audit the mod with Magic and give them the action items that they're going to use to lower their total cost of risk. Tactical skills that will help you provide deliverable value to your clients and prospects. Technology is not an expense, it's an investment. Look at what ThinkHR has done for our clients and even our team. It's an amazing product and I'm so thankful we have that. And action items that you can provide to take your prospects and clients to the next level. Things are changing for us in 2021. Not all big business anymore. Now that we have Cover Wallet on our team, it's amazing that we're going to be able to write small business profitably. This is Power Producer Shop Talk production redefined are you ready to feel the power hey everybody welcome to power producers shop talk where we are refining and redefining the sales game and we are continuing our series on crm for insurance agencies and we're gonna dive right in i mean we did the last one and ended you know pretty strong so i want to get into a couple things regarding um, you know, where would you start, man? Like what's the, what's the basics, right? What, what's the first thing if, if I'm going to bring a CRM into my insurance agency, what's the first thing I should do? So, um, I, I'm going to ask first question is, are you selling personal lines or are you selling commercial lines? Um, because if you're selling commercial lines, you need to have a CRM that has a company contact relationship that that handles companies. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're selling personal lines and that's all you're worried about, you don't have to worry about companies because you're selling to an individual, right? Or selling to a family. And so you're you're you you don't have to have that. So that's the first thing is knowing um, what your business is doing and whether you need to sell for commercial lines uh, with companies and contacts or whether you can get away with uh, personal lines and just work with a CRM that doesn't do companies. So why is it important that you have companies and contacts if you're doing commercial lines? Because you have lots of people that work at companies, anywhere from the CEO down to the secretary, down to the security guard. If, if that's, uh, you know, anybody that you're talking to, any commu- again, any communication activity, you want to record it. And any mm-hmm. people that you know, you want to put it in there because you never know how that might play. But um, you want to be able to then make sure that you got everybody that's important or everybody that's in that company available through, you know, through the organizational chart, let's call it. Um, and then usually if you're looking at like in HubSpot, if you're looking at the company record, all of the records from all the contacts associated with that company roll up into the, com- uh, roll up into the company record. So you can look at the company record and see all the activities that have taken place from emails to phone calls to notes uh, to um, meetings and all of that on in one single record that's rolled up. I think one thing it's important for everybody to understand, here's why I think it's important. It's, it's important to me as a commercial producer because 
I know the company, but I may not know the people. And so in our world, we can go put a company into HubSpot and then we can add contacts as we're introduced and networked and we and network and we meet with these people. So we may have company information long before we have contact information and we need to capture that somewhere. So we're building a foundation that we can eventually grow the relationship from. The other reason is an agency owner that I like the way that ours is set up with companies and contacts is because of the way the billing works. I don't pay for companies. I pay for contacts. I was going to mention you know, that. <laughs> so I, I can have 10,000 companies in HubSpot, but if my limit for contacts is only 5,000 a month, they're going to bill me as soon as I start getting to 5,001, you know, in exponentially higher as we go. So the way that we've set our things up is we put the company in first because we don't have to pay to have that company in there. And then as the producers are doing, and we're getting a little bit into the sales process and I don't want to get too far sidetracked, but is we're going out and doing our cold call marketing drops or Marvin is doing the appointment setting. Kyle, Marvin. there it is. Yeah. Marvin's doing the appointment setting, by the way, Marvin on fire this week for me. I don't know how he's yeah. doing for you. <laughs> Like crickets on my end. Well, but then he's taking care of daddy because I got four or five. I yesterday. think he's just he's just on your list this week is what it is. That's you know what? what it is. That may be what it is, too, because he's he's a little he cyclical rotates. with me, too. Yeah. We got to get Marvin to be a little more blended in that approach. But anyhow, um, to tell him to sort it by alphabetically instead of by uh, owner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so just go start at A and go through Z and, and call it a day. But but again, he's a great tool for us. And, you know, he's calling based on the company record and the, the general phone number because we don't know who the decision maker is that handles the workers comp or whatever when he's calling. That's actually part mm -hmm. of what he's doing. And if you listen to the last episode, you heard me talk about a conversation that I had with another agent who was going down this same road using this same strategy. And that's one of the things that we talked about was, you know, are you getting the right person? Are you getting the right decision maker and, and all of that? And, you know, she, she was mentioning to me that there were no appointments. And so she was very frustrated with that. And, you know, then we got in the conversation about have you reviewed the calls and everything else. But in that conversation, I told her, I said, you have to understand something. Yes, Marvin's primary job is to be an appointment setter and to get appointments so that we can close business and pay for Marvin. But, you know, if Marvin calls 100 people and he only books two or three appointments from those 100 people, even if he booked none, if he got me 30 or 40 contacts and email addresses from that same thing based on what I'm paying for a VA yeah. per hour, that's a huge win for me because not everybody's mm -hmm. going to be willing to take an appointment. But when you have the CRM in place and he can gather information and we took the time to train him on what to do inside the CRM, he's making our marketing piece a much more powerful machine because he's getting data that we wouldn't otherwise get, putting it into the CRM, and then that thing's doing all kinds of witchcraft that we'll get into down the road. But well, and and to point out, I mean, when we put the companies in, one of the things we did is we pulled the information from the state, so we were able to get the workers' comp date expiration yeah. dates on that as well. So, you know, we 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 loaded up the system with companies and work work with their associated workers' comp dates, and then you know going. Sure, there's a, a a heavy manual process on filtering the wheat from the chaff, but you've got that you've got that critical piece of information in there because once we do have a contact, we also have that workers' comp date, which allows us to do all the other associated marketing activities that we do that are that are related uh, based upon that workers' comp date. But realistically, now, you, you know, you're though, not going to not... be able to talk to Mary, who's the secretary 
at the company and go, well, what's your workers' comp expiration date? She's not going to know that. Yeah. But no. if you have Mary and you put her in the database and you've got her email, you're now able to market her, you know, based upon that workers' comp date. So. But but like sifting through that info, it's not as heavy lifting as as you may think. It, it may take you, you know. Uh, a couple sessions a week in between appointments and prospecting and whatever else you're doing to kind of clean it up. But if you know who you're going after, you can scroll through that list of March expiration dates on workers comp and figure out and, you know, get the dentist office out of there, get, you know, get the other stuff that you just know off the bat is not going to be in your uh, target market and then move on to the other stuff where you actually do a little bit of research on the front end to figure out if it's going to make sense to have them in there to have the VA calling or have, you know, the other producers calling them. So it's, it's, it's not as painstaking as it seems. I was able to burn through, I got like four, four months ahead. I need to actually go back and, and, and start doing that again. But it, I mean, it, you can knock that out in a, in a couple of days doing it. Well, I'll tell you what, man, the other so, thing too so, with HubSpot that I, I did not realize, and I'm going to go ahead here, here's David didn't know this and I'm paying a lot of money for a tool and I didn't realize, but you know, is, is my oldest son Grayson decides he wants to get involved in the agency as he's graduating high school. I'm slow playing this, wondering if it's a phase or reality, but he has been coming in and doing my lead research for me. And so I'm not going through and doing all of the manual steps that I would normally do. But the cool part about HubSpot mm -hmm. is, you know, I can take that whole lead research process and I break it down to one thing. Go and find out if they have a website and that'll tell website. you if they're still in yeah. business. And once you put that in, HubSpot is going out and scraping as much as information as it can from the internet. And these company records are getting populated in literally seconds, as opposed mm -hmm. to me having to go to a myriad of websites to find this information. So now he can go through and get lead, uh, lead research done on three or 400 leads in a, in a shift, whereas right. that would have taken me a couple of weeks if I was going to Reference USA and the, you know, the uh, Department of the State and all the other places I would typically go. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's mm -hmm. a huge functionality from my standpoint. And I don't know that every CRM can do that. I would imagine that once the first, you know, first domino falls, the rest of them are going to come behind it. But that that is a, a, an extremely valuable piece of the puzzle for us because then we can go in and sort by employee count or revenue count or any of these other things based off of just simply putting in the web domain into the CRM and letting it do the rest of the work. I meant to bring so, that up last episode. We got sidetracked by Michael Douglas's narrow heels. How's, well, how's that hey, guy wear flip-flops? Yeah, I, I want to give kudos to Kyle here because uh, in a big way, because, you know, a, a lot of people misunderstand the marketing automation, the CRM, and they think it's just going to deliver them warm leads all day long. Hey, this is great. I'm going to just get piled up with warm leads and I don't have to do anything but wait for a phone call. And that's not the way it works. All right. It just doesn't work that way. You still have work to do. You may have to do work that you're doing that you're not used to doing, do differently, but you can be more productive. <clears throat> the work you can do is longer lasting. It has long-term impact as well as short-term imp term impact. So when, you know, I, I could hear it now, I can hear some agents that are going, you know, you gave me a thousand co companies and only a hundred of them were worthwhile. 
All right. Okay. Well, let's okay. 10% yield. There you go. There you, right? you know, I appreciate you going. And, and how long did it take you to do that? It took me three hours to go through everything. Okay. Well, that's great. You just spent three hours to verify 100 solid leads that we're now going to go make phone calls for you to mm-hmm. go after and try to set you up on appointments. So you're telling me if you close one or two or three clients out of that, it wasn't worth your time. Right. You know, I, I've just seen it too often where they, they, they want, they want people want to hand it to them on a silver platter. Yeah, they want instant and you, it gratification. It just doesn't work that way. Period. So, mm-hmm. you know, but the beauty is Freaking you've got in this, in that example, you got a hundred <laughs> company now that you know are legit, you know are real, they are on your target list and you've got that information and you've got those workers comp date. So now you've got a hundred legitimate leads to go after instead of a thousand potential leads, you know, and it did. So kudos, that's the way it should be done. No complaining, just get in there, do it, pound it out, get it over with and go move on to the next step and continue your day. Well, I think part of it too is it's got to be a habit for you, right? Like this has to be part of your day, part of your process. You you know, you can't just expect it to to happen if you go in and occasionally work on it. It's, it, it would be like you saying, I'm really going to get after this diet and weight loss program and I'm going to go to the gym once this week and I might go twice in two weeks and then, you know, once again. And at the end of the day, you know, what have you really done? And, and I've always looked at the CRM, at least with the automations, and we're not going to talk about automation or anything in this episode, but the way I look at it is that's all gravy, right? To me, the CRM is not to do my job. It's going to do its job in the background while I'm out doing my job. Me having a CRM doesn't mean that I don't have to cold call anymore. It just makes my cold calling more effective. And for right. those people that I have the contact information on that we're doing drip campaigns and we're having Marvin call and all of these other things, that's just another tool and added gravy in a system that's working in the background while I'm continuing to do what I would normally do anyhow. Now, you do have to slow down to build those things out and get them up and running. But I think the misconception is that people want that to replace them and it's never going to happen. It's not there to replace the activity that you're going to do. It's going to make that activity more intelligent and it's there to augment it with, you know, look, if Marvin sprinkles a couple of leads a week in for me, I'm perfectly fine with that. That's exactly what I expect from him. I don't expect him to replace what I can do through my network and my referrals and all of the other stuff. Yeah. Well, once you do it once, you don't have to do it again. That's really the important thing. I mean, that, that, right. that, you know, that's it. So, you know, if you're going in and you're maintaining the data, if you're, if you're doing the cleanup, if you're, you know, if you're flagging companies as not leads or you're flagging companies as, as great leads, um, if you're adding people into that system, if you add Mary and John and you put them on that company, you never have to do it again. It's done and it's always going to be there. And it's going to be there for you and for the next person and the next person after. And as you move up through the ranks or as you go out and start your own agency, you know, that data is there and that's not going anywhere. And it's not going to be forgotten because it's not just in your head. It's not on a piece of paper that's going to get lost. It's in a system that is not going anywhere and that is accessible not only, you know, from your desktop computer, but your mobile phone as well. So, you know, this is a great, powerful computer that you can do a lot with. And, you know, obviously you want it to work with that CRM as well and be able to maintain all the information you need about your prospects, leads, and clients. Yeah. So, I mean, hundred percent on point. So we talked about where we're going to start. What are, what are some other low hanging fruit things with regard to people just starting out 
to use a CRM. And, and by the way, let me stop for a second. We're in an industry where we get paid residual income. We love residual income, but many times we forget what a residual investment looks like, right? And that's what David just described. So to me, it's kind of hypocritical to put a lot of effort into the sales process so that we can go get an account that's going to pay us year after year after year on renewal. But when it comes time for us to invest in our agency, to make an investment of time and money into getting a technology um, team member, like a CRM, into our agency that is not only going to work for us today, but it will also, after you go and I said essentially close the deal on the CRM, it's going to pay those same dividends year after year after year without the amount of work, just like our sales process. So I don't have, I don't understand how people can't get their head around that when we're in a residual yeah. income industry. So all that being said, what's some other low hanging fruit um, in addition to what we just talked about? So, so figure out the basic information you want to capture for companies. What do you need to know? Everybody's different in what they want to know, but try to keep it minimal because again, the more data you got to enter in, the more time it takes and the more resistance everybody has because it just feels like they're doing extra work for nothing. You know, so everybody has to realize why do we need these pieces of information about yeah. a company? Why do we need these pieces of information about a contact? What makes it important? Uh, know and, why you're and talk using with it, the producers you know? too, right? I remember we sat around yeah. and, and we're trying to whittle down the the list because it was a it was a long list initially. And I'm, you know, we, we all kind of chimed in like, okay, I don't know that this really needs to be in there. Or this or that this is important, but we don't need this. So I, I think that aspect is important. You, it's gonna take it, it's gonna take a, a, a trial run or two figuring out what stuff is actually the, the key ingredients, if you will, that you need to have in there. Yeah, and, and don't go for perfection out the gate. Just go for yeah, enough. Right. So what do you what do you you know? So what are you putting in there? What's going? What do you start with? Well, you can start with your clients first. Put your clients in there. You know, export them out of your agency management system. Put them into a comma delimited file or through whatever you can import it through, and get them in the system, and and then start to look at how and then start using it. Right. So um, you know the biggest challenge is is for people to make it a routine, like you mentioned earlier, David, where you actually start your day by opening up your application, by opening up HubSpot, by opening up Salesforce and saying, okay, what am I supposed to do today? It all should be right there. Whether it's, I need to call Bob, I need to call Jane, um, I need to send them an email, you know, all of those things should be in there. So uh, get used to doing that. So beyond having the basic information, Start to think about what activities you want to track and what do you want to use, what, what kind of activities do you want to generate uh, tasks and reminders for? What are you supposed to do? So start to get people used to, here, I, I need to track what I do. I need to set reminders and follow-ups and I need to know how to do that, right? So there's a process uh, within each, every CRM that's all different. You know, they all have tasks, they all have reminders but they all work differently as to how you get a task in the system and how you put a reminder in there, how you close a task and how you create a follow-up task. Um, but understand that process. And again, stick to what you need to stick to. Don't ask everybody to start documenting willy-nilly everything they could possibly know and do because they're not gonna know what to do. All right, and, and, and they need, you need to set the boundaries. So you know, if you, if you made a phone call, log it. Okay. If, if you, and, and some people might say, if you made a phone call and it went to voicemail, don't bother right now. We'll, we'll worry about that later. 
right? Then 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 that's a lot of data entry you don't have to do. But if you if you made a phone call and you got a hold of somebody, always log that call. That that could simplify things. Um, so so figure out your tasks, figure out figure out your objects. What do you what are you tracking? Figure out how you're going to do tasks, how you're going to do reminders. Um, but I also have one more thing that's really really important, um, and that is lead by example. Always lead by example because uh, agency owners or lead producers um, who are running a team, if you're not doing what you're asking your people to do, um, it's really discouraging because they may go in and look at a company, they may go in and look at a contact, and they're going to see that you're not doing what you tell are asking them to do. It's going to be pretty obvious pretty quickly, and you know if you're not doing it, they might find a reason why they don't want to do it. And next thing you know, you know, everybody starts not doing things mm. and everything you wanted to do may end up falling apart Fair and you're going to start over again. So lead by example. I think the tasks uh, and the reminders are kind of an underrated or overlooked aspect of this that in my opinion are, are very useful. Like I didn't have that in past sales positions. Um, <laughs> the first one I didn't even, we didn't have a CRM. I kept your legal on, pad. You know, your CRM was a legal pad. Dude, it was yeah. worse than that. There were these sheets that had like little grids on them. It was basically kind of like an Excel spreadsheet with different slots that we had to handwrite everything in. And it was crazy to try to keep track of everything um, on there. But the tasks and the reminders have been have been a huge help, especially in our industry, man. I mean, we've got we've got the renewals like you talked about. We've got uh, cross-selling opportunities for, you know, different, uh, policies that may be coming up at a different time than their workers comp or their, whatever GL, whatever auto, who knows what policy we have. So I think the tasks and the reminders are something that you've got to get, uh, like you said, a, a workflow set up for them so that you're able to use them correctly. But once, once they're firing, it's, it's a big help. Well, for you all, you know, you, you don't just go in there and sell them a worker's comp policy. You're trying to sell them right. a whole lot of insurance, right? That's what I'm saying. And risk management services. So a whole um, lot, a whole lot know, of insurance. Yeah. <laughs> just tons. <laughs> you're, you're, you're opening the door with one policy, but we know they all don't renew at the same time, right? right. Um, or at least I think they don't. I'm, I'm the CRM guy, right? I'm not the insurance sales guy. But, um, you know, once you start having those conversations and you find out when their auto policy expires, mm -hmm. you, you want to note that you want to create yourself a task based upon yep. that as to when you want to address that with your client and bring it up. Yeah. Obviously you don't want to bring it up nine months ahead of time, but you want to start having conversations sooner than later uh, before the actual policy expires. And you're next thing you know, you're, one day too late. Yeah, I think I mm -hmm. want to mention one thing and then we're going to wrap up because this will be leading into another recording for for the next week. But the other thing you got to do is you got to determine what lines of coverage you're going to represent to everybody because at some point you're going to want to do cross-sell campaigns. So if you've got a book full of business of people who are personal lines and commercial lines accounts, but none of them buy life insurance from you, you're going to want to be mm. able to filter that out and do a campaign that's going to go to only those people who don't buy life from you. And you don't want to solicit the people who mm. do because then you have True. like a, a, a problem then there because awkward. they're going to be like, wait a minute, I buy my life from you, moron. Why, you know, why are you <laughs> marketing to me for it? Which obviously sure. my, would reply, my reply would be, 
be very quickly on my feet. Oh, life insurance rates are going down because people are living longer and healthier lifestyles and blah, 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 blah. And so I just thought maybe you'd like to have a new quote to see if we can save you any money. But at the end of the day, it's a bad look if you're marketing to people for products that they already purchased. So think about that yeah. too, as you're, as you're looking at how you're going to build out your CRM, you have to de determine what that business is. And I mean, you don't need to get to the finite stuff, but you know, cyber is probably another good one that you could cross sell to every single one of your, of your book. If you, if you could do a filter of all of your clients who buy um, insurance from you commercially and don't have cyber, that's a great list for you to market to, especially with the ability to use companies like pro writers that can start uh, a quote for you with your client entering that information. So a simple email leading them to a landing yeah. page to describe what the cyber situation is in the marketplace right now with a button that links to an iframe with pro writers on your website um, gets you into a position where you're going to be able to pick up incremental sales and properly protect your clients because you've educated them, you've solicited them. And guess what? I didn't do anything. The system mm -hmm, did all the right. work, but I took the time to, to well, David Lefevre took the time to build that system out, and I spent the money to pay David Lefevre to do that so that I could sell that product in a passive way just like that with data that we already have in our agency, and I think that we're all missing the boat. Even as good of a job as I think we can do, n none of us are operating at 100% efficiency as, as far as that goes. So with that, I'm going to wrap this episode up. We're going to uh, keep this going because there's a lot we can get into, and I I'm really interested in feedback from everybody on how you feel about the CRM stuff we're talking about. Leave us a review on iTunes, if you will, please. We really appreciate it when you do that. My wife would tell you that when I get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, one of the very first things I do is go to iTunes to see if there's a new review. So please, make my 5 o'clock in the morning pleasurable. <laughs> With that, we're out of here. I hope everybody has a great weekend. See ya. Later. been listening to power producers shop talk you can follow us at the power producers podcast on facebook and instagram and if you want to take your game to the next level check out our commercial insurance training course at killingcommercial.com or visit amazon to pick up a copy of our international best-selling book the extra two minutes